The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. Our Lord, our Rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. Sometimes we read the Bible continuously, neatly following the passages as one leads into the next. But the lectionary readings during Advent aren't so orderly. Today's reading from Isaiah and the Gospel reading from Mark both go backward from where we were a week ago. You may remember that last week's Old Testament reading was in 3rd Isaiah, the section written after the Israelites were allowed to return from exile to Jerusalem. 1st Isaiah is the first 39 chapters of the book that address Judah in its stubbornness and failure to follow God. That section ends with an oracle in chapter 39 that anticipates the exile into Babylon. This week's verses in chapter 40 are the poetic opening of 2nd Isaiah. It's thought that as much as 150 years passed between the events of 1st and 2nd Isaiah. 150 years of living in exile, of dislocation and disruption, disconnected from God's presence and voice. Our reading begins with God speaking, breaking into the emptiness of exile and speaking hope to God's people. Scholars say the prophet is listening to God address a divine council or a heavenly assembly of angels and messengers. It's easy to miss in translation, but the passage is actu actually has multiple voices. In the first two verses, God is commanding that God's people be comforted, effectively saying enough is enough. Their suffering is ended. Comfort, oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak to 
tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term. Her penalty is paid. This is good news for the Israelites who had spent the exile looking backward to the exodus, the time in which God had freed his people from oppression, and looking forward with uncertainty, waiting for God to again act decisively for God's people. And then another voice breaks into the discourse, and the third verse is the one Mark uses to announce John the baptizer in today's gospel. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare, a way, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. God promises there will be a public return demonstrating God's triumphant victory over Babylon. When a third voice joins in asking, what shall I cry? Scholars say it is the prophet himself. He protests that after such a prolonged separation, the people are more comfortable with God's absence than God's presence. And they have proven themselves unreliable. What can he possibly say to change their hearts and minds? And then, like last week's mighty yet, we hear one of the council voices saying, yes, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. Yes, the people have been fickle. Yes, they have turned away from God. But God is God. And God's grace for us is not dependent on any human merit or effort. It is always God's saving action for us. And then the council voice speaks again, calling Isaiah the herald of good tidings the bearer of the good news, that God is decisively present here with God's people, and the world is changed by God. As God's messengers, we too are called to be the herald of good tidings, the good news in today's world. So I wonder what message comes to you if you read this passage with the name of our congregation and community in place of Zion and Jerusalem and Judah. Lift up your voice with strength, Ascension Lutheran, herald of good tidings. There is good news for the city of Shelby. Shout it as loud as you can from the highest mountain. Don't be afraid to shout it to all of Cleveland County. Your God is here. Especially in Advent, we are called to proclaim the good news of God's presence and mercy to our community with joy 
the good news that as long as the nine months of the pandemic have been, they have not been in exile from God's presence. God is with us. The good news that God comforts God's people, recognizes our suffering, and does not leave us alone. The good news that God is both a warrior for God's people who conquers God's enemies and a gentle shepherding God who cares for the vulnerable and shows mercy to those in need. The good news that the long-expected Jesus is coming into the world delivering us from evil, freeing us from our fears and sins, and giving us hope and peace. Thanks be to God for the good news. Amen.